Welcome to another edition of AIW's The Card is Going to Change. Before we get into this week's show, we of course want to give the obligatory shout out to all of our sponsors that help make this possible and bring the show to you for free each and every week, whether it's on iTunes or Libsyn, however you download and listen. Thanks to Angelo's Pizza, who always makes sure that we have wonderful hot pizza ready for you at our live events. Make sure you check out what they have to offer at Angelo's Pizza on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Their award-winning pizza and so much more. Thanks to Pollyanna DIY. If you want custom merchandise items, maybe like pins, uh, things that we get made from them, check them out. They do fantastic work. Also, thanks to Smartmark Video, who always does our live events. They record it on video, so you can go back and watch it on DVD or a digital download stream. And uh, I think that's... Did we hit them all? Angelo's? Angelos? You do that one? Yep. Pollyanna? I think we did it. We did it? All right. Sorry. Oh, of course. I The one I forget. If you want to watch, speaking of download streams, check out independentwrestling.tv. You can watch some of our previous shows. Sorry. There I, was, you go. I was looking at my phone. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, sorry. That's all right. Well, uh, I would introduce everybody who's sitting around, but this is a special episode, uh, a Patreon paid episode. Patreon uh, perk. Yeah. So, For a patron. Uh, I, I got to turn turn it over now because I'm not today's moderator of sorts. I get to sit here and just be on the podcast. You're a guest. Yeah. So go ahead, sir. You got to tell everybody who's on the show. Who's it's, on the show? It starts now. It starts you, now. You are I'm the sitting moderator. here with Steve Guy, John Thorne, and me, I am Rick Nelson. Uh, I'm nobody of consequence. <laughs> uh, sometimes I sit in the front and say dumb things, most of the time at Dave the Potato. Uh, I feel like a Make a Wish kid sitting here. It's like this is oh, this yeah. is my this is my thing. It's you, like, you, you hit the perk, so yeah. we're we're we're, I, we're delivering. I hope you're not dying because we're going to run out of monsters <laughs> at the shows, man. Not today. I've heard bad things about the Mania weekend. This will be the first one I get to attend. So I'm hoping nobody comes back. Well, I guess I should say I'm hoping everybody comes back in the same shape that they they left. John Thorne looking in your general direction right now. Well, we hope so because this is. This is airing the Monday after Mania, yes. so we hope that we're still all alive. We're uh, all traveling back right now. I hope that uh, I'm not headed to the emergency room again like last year. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot of you know there's a lot of unknown as we record this. Yeah. Uh, as to what has happened <laughs> leading up, like in between uh, episodes, so, yeah, there's a lot going on because as we're recording this, we've yet to have. Uh, Russell Rave, and we haven't uh, gone through Mania Weekend. Yes. But, so this is just kind of, uh, I mean, this is your show, Rick Nelson. I'm sure they were both tremendous shows. Steiner and Swaggle was everything I wanted it to be and more. <laughs> Let's and hope so. <laughs> you're, you're in a seat now where I think a lot of fans have often wanted to be in, probably. A very enviable position is that what you're, you're yeah to say? i would think so. is it enviable i don't maybe it's i mean i could tell you person personally it's not that enviable because it's moderating this ship is uh not as easy as everybody thinks maybe when worldwide shows up it'll get a little more difficult uh, but best right. compliment i ever got about moderating is from worldwide because he hates it <laughs> <laughs> he hates doing it and he i get the the credited shout out from him whenever he does it i'm like all right thanks appreciate that yeah i don't i, I have a, i have a tough time uh feeling any of this is enviable to be perfectly honest any any <laughs> a, any of it the the whole the, the whole deal I, I feel is uh uh 
Uh, if people live the reality of uh, AIW, it would be such a wake up call to them. <laughs> well, maybe that's a maybe that's a good place to start if you want to kind of segue a little bit. Sure, you're the, you're, will, you're steering the ship. Yeah, I will profess to you, I I didn't come to my first show AIW until 2016. Okay, uh, I'm 41 years old right now. I've lived in Cleveland since 1993. Okay, I did not even find out that you guys existed until 2016, and it was just by kind of happenstance. First show I went to was um, AW Against the World. How'd you, how, been, how'd you figure that out? How'd yeah. you find out about that? I, to be perfectly honest, I want to say it was maybe Facebook, something to that effect. Oh, you, those you ads get those, paid off. Those little yes. ads that, that come through oh, at the time. We, we do we do an ad for every every single event. I'm I'm I'll profess I'm not a Facebook guy, so this is one of these things that when I see something, I, and I don't even remember if there was somebody specific from the show that you advertised that stuck out. I know it was uh, Tommy. End. Tommy End was yeah. on the show. Uh, Tommy End versus Greg Rowe. Teddy great. Hart was Teddy Hart. Yeah, was uh, and Killian Dane. The great Biggins. No, he wasn't on that one. Yeah, he was. Killian Dane AIW was on AIW against the world. No, he was on Jaylet. Nah, this was. I thought we brought him back for AIW against the no, world. Nah, no, no, Killian. We brought Triton back. That's mm. the guy. Oh, and we had uh, Irie. Yes, he was that, that was Irie and Eddie. Was that against mm, the world? I think so, or Tracy. One of the, we had one, one of those two. two. I think Tracy, Tracy and Dom. I want to say tagged up at the against somebody. That was an absolution. It, it was all it absolution. Yeah, it all runs together to, yeah. for me at this point. Yeah, it was but, a good show, though. I remember that. It was pretty awesome. It's uh, that's that's the thing that's hard about even doing this podcast is re- trying to remember everything because there's so much rattling around in my brain. Uh, thinking about what's to come, and it's like it, trying to remember what's happened. It's like it's that it's, it's that a blur. was our last show with uh, the lady formerly known as Crazy Mary, now known to many fans around the world as Sarah Logan. Was she on that show? She was on that show. It was her and Britt Baker? Oh, okay. I yeah. don't see. I don't even I, remember. I that. only know this from editing uh, mine and Eddie's show recently and getting uh, clips from the. Uh, after show or whatever we yeah. used to do and Britt was on there and we were talking about it on there i was like oh yeah that's right okay okay so continue mr nelson so my son at the time was 10 years old and he you got to rephrase it your son was son 10 years old at the time was t- oh was that, he's, was that he's, a still your, he's still your son right did I, now did i pull a dangling participle or something <laughs> yeah. professor guy what, my, what happened my son at the time my son at the time old. he's still around yeah well yeah <laughs> just I, hope, I hope so i haven't talked to him today but uh Anyway, my my child, who three years ago was ten years in age, <laughs> uh, we, I took him. Uh, I think we sat second or third row. I don't remember how many people were there. It was, it was okay. It was, uh, yeah, it's decent. Uh, but immediately he was he was just hooked, and he's been a. I never. I've always been a, a WWE guy. Uh, right. ECW, you know, WCW. I'm old enough to remember watching the first Raw, you know, live when I was 16. And, yeah. And getting ECW on a small black and white TV at like 2 o'clock in the morning right. from... Sports from, Channel. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia or wherever it was, you know, sneaking out at, at 18 to go into the, you know, ECW arena after mom said, you know, if you go there you don't live here anymore <laughs> so and then coming home and being like oh i guess i don't i don't live here anymore right but, but that was not something i was going to pass up at the time um so he was hooked and he wasn't really a huge wrestling guy i've never pushed him one direction or the other like uh yeah 
you know, you get you get here in Cleveland where it's like, um, you know, my, my grandfather was a Browns fan and I right. was a Browns fan yeah. before me and my kids will be the same. Um, you know, he's, he's going to like the stuff that he likes. He likes basketball and, and frankly, I... Right, that's, that's his thing, not your thing. Not my cup of tea. But with the with the wrestling, he was immediately hooked. We took a couple shows off, and, and I, I don't recall. I think there was a death in the family or something around that time in 2016, or maybe I was just watching uh, watching a lot of baseball as I'm from Chicago, and, and 16 was a good year for us. Shut up, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but, He's getting jabs in. And then he, he asked me, he says, when, when can we go back? Because then I had you know treated it kind of as a one-off like this was something we did we did this together this was a father-son thing um now i gotta find something to do with the two little girls that right. equals you know going yeah. to going to a wrestling thing so i took him next time i think i got um what are the vip tickets or or brings out what you know whatever they were it said on on the uh and he sat and he you know he talked to this was you know when when biggers was still around for you know, top two, three, four, five minutes, and and that that's one thing that that you know I don't I don't have a good grasp on is I've listened to all the old podcasts when you guys are are talking to to Chandler and, and everything like that uh, that I never had any kind of opportunity to really other than the fact that you know he told me that you know he liked one one type of tea because at the time I worked for Coca Cola. <laughs> oh, okay. green tea. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, as Not long as you tea, don't give tea, me this uh, tea, you bring me this other tea, uh, and I'll be fine. Pure leaf. Pure yeah. leaf. Yeah, yeah. Pure leaf. He's. I'm always been a. I'm always been a Coke man, but I yeah. love the pure leaf raspberries, and I can get you the gold peak. I'll drink that too. Then yeah. that'll be fine. Like as long as it wasn't going to cost him anything, he think he was good. So. uh that kind of made the impression upon me just even that five minutes that man you know maybe this is you know maybe this is something we could start doing a little more regularly so we you know we missed the gargano show after that and and so that that's another thing too i never got to see johnny wrestle here in cleveland oh wow oh man and i don't you know we've missed a handful of shows one or two since then but from you know from that day on it's been like i don't want to say it's like uh you know this is this has built the bond of our of our relationship and is going to carry it's, some it's it strengthened it it's um the experience is fantastic in that this is something that and, and maybe this maybe this comparison will get lost on on people it's the the Santa Claus experience it's you get to a point in time where you know that eventually the kid's going to find out that Santa Claus isn't really coming down. And, and I apologize if, if anybody's <laughs> if I'm blowing up anybody's spot on this one, but you, you know, the same thing with the wrestling, it's like, um, uh, double dare, uh, 16 when, uh, lucky 13 and the headhunters and, and yeah, that, Eric, yeah. that, that happened that whole thing <laughs> and lucky 13 went under the board right in front of us and all of a sudden everything was red and i had to turn to him and i went oh god this is going to be the end i am going to get in such trouble for this and he went uh just kind of looks at me and goes yeah yeah i know what happened <laughs> i'm like okay all right we're good i'm so glad you're much smarter than i was at 10 years old um we started, uh, and I don't remember who I talked to, because, uh, like I said, I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. One of you guys about, you know, starting to try to help out with concessions or whatever, whatever I could do. Uh, none of my idea, you know. This was the kid was like, what, you know, hey, this, you know, barbed wire boards and Eric Ryan. You know, he fell in love with Eric Ryan, which 
I, I don't know if that's good or bad. I don't that's, know. I don't yeah. know if that's a good idol yeah, for your kid. Yeah, he he started with the uh, rethink that one. Eric Ryan, you know, Eric Ryan's my favorite thing in the world. Hey, you know, what can we do if this guy's take a barbed wire and blah 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 blah? Uh, you know, is there something he would enjoy? Would he enjoy a meal? Would he enjoy? So that's why you know I started to, to bring Monster and stuff like that. It wasn't wasn't to get noticed. It wasn't to anything like that. Um, kiss up to people. You know, I've been accused of being a bit of a brown noser because of that. But at the same time, like it's, none of it's it wasn't my idea. Right. You know, I did that stuff because like AIW is for the kids. That's what I'm hearing right there. For the the kids. So long way to go to get to this. Um. So in the three years I've been here, I've been to one GNO, which is, you know, whatever. I swear to God, Rick Nelson, if you're about to ask us (laughs) when we're having another women's show, you're gonna get the fuck out of this. I'm I'm more than okay if we if we never have another women's show. (laughs) Moving on, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of unsavory characters that come out to to those shows, and (laughs) I want to take my kids to those shows. We appreciate all their ticket sales. Yes, indeed. (laughs) The um. So I've seen shows like Double Dare, where there's a lot of, you know, a couple of rap shows where they're, you know, things get broken, people get broken, things get, and then we've, you know, we've seen other shows that are a little more family friendly. How do you, as the guy in charge, how do you toe the line? Where do you get, when you go in and you're, I'm going to book this X show for six months from now, because, you know, like you're always... You're always nine months in advance. I, I know you. Just <laughs> as far out as you can get. Where do you go to try to keep it where I want these guys that I know are sought after? You know, the, the guys that are gonna come in and, and do the crazy stuff that you know, the the Janella breaking everything in his and they say, but at the same time still keep it to you know, I can bring my kid, I can I can bring my, my wife, I can bring a date. How do you keep everybody happy? Well, to be honest, you know, I I try to prevent things from getting too extremely violent uh, just based on the fact that, uh, like you said, uh, if you go too far in the other direction, you're going to turn people off. Not And, uh, you know, uh, kids aren't – we're never really the market we're going after. That's not really even uh, – ever been in the you know my consideration it's more of the fact that like okay like what if you know you're gonna bring a like (laughs) a real person out like not like a wrestling like like a real like functioning member of society not saying wrestling fans are not but like there are just two totally different mindsets in the world and uh you know i live in i live in both I I live in both worlds uh, and I try to go like, okay, what if somebody for my job showed up at this, which happened recently. Uh, And uh, (laughs) you know, it's, you you can't go too far into the violence in the blood in which I know if we did a deathmatch tournament, I would make thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars profit. However, there's there's little turning back once you go that far in, and it, it just it, you also I I'm worried about getting too much attention and too much attention for the wrong things because when you get too much attention for the wrong thing and then 
government and local cities and things start looking into it, then that opens up a can of worms. So uh, I, I try to toe the line on ECW. You know what I mean? Like I try to keep it as ECW as possible with the exception of a Russell Rager here and there, or even the rap show isn't meant to be that crazy. It's meant to be like an EC, ECW level show. Uh, to be honest, it's more the wrestlers that try to push the excessive violence yeah. uh, because they want to do it. And I have to constantly tell them like, hey, like, let's chill out. You know what I mean? Like Eric Ryan, like you don't have to do that. Uh, but some guys just thoroughly enjoy it. And uh, the majority of the time, I'm not asking them to do any of it. And I would prefer that they didn't do it uh, just based on the fact that that I don't want the I don't want the wrong person to walk in and see the wrong thing, and then all of a sudden, it's hey, uh, venue, why are you allowing this in your place? Hey, uh, you know, local, you know, whatever, like community group, like look at what's going on in your city. Uh, not to say that any of that would even lead to anything, but I try to like exist with as least hassle on my life as possible uh because i do have a real job i do have a life and this is just like part of it uh i'd rather it not consume all of everything because i've lived in that world before too and it's like it's it's hard to get out and become a functioning member of society again once you get consumed uh, by wrestling as a whole because it can totally eat you up. Uh, so I, I try to toe the line at ECW level of violence, not deathmatch level of violence, and there's definitely a difference in that. Um, but like you said, you know, like if guys are bringing girls on dates, they don't necessarily want to see extreme bloody violence. And uh, once we did clean it up a little bit, we did see the crowds go up because, you know, the Turner's Hall era was like the wild west of AIW. And, uh, you know, there was eras before that. But, you know, once we kind of presented a cleaner product, uh, the crowds went up. And, you know, we do throw in the violence and when it matters and when it makes sense uh, because we do know that there is a, an audience for it. But, I feel that that audience can exist for both. It can exist for the the regular AIW event as well as, you know, if you give them a little bit here and there, you know, everybody's happy. Yeah, I mean, I, I know people from the world of stand-up who have come to our shows because there are guys that have done stand-up or something at some point and are huge AIW fans or have come to stand-up shows and they go to it. And then these other guys hear about from them, and they'll all come up to me at, at points. And they're like, man, I love coming to that every once in a while. Because it's just for them, it's just a, they just look at it as a fun night out. They're not largely invested wrestling fans, let alone largely invested in AIW. They're just looking for something fun to do, and that's kind of and that's know, we can provide that. That's ultimately what I wanted to do, and you know that was what the purpose was. And, you know, and once we ran into the – alcohol issues and stuff like that that kind of killed the vibe off a little a bit little for bit, yeah. what we were trying to do because it's you know I've spent I spent so many years chasing hype and chasing independent wrestling hype and 
I realize that hype doesn't necessarily pay the bills. It's more about creating an atmosphere for your local base. And you have to hope that, you know, that, you know, builds hype on its own. And, you know, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to juggle between trying to sell DVDs and trying to sell a ticket. There's, there's two totally different mindsets that go into it. Um, but you know, it, it very quickly became like, let's try to provide an atmosphere and a night out on a Friday night. And, you know, that's why, you know, it doesn't stop at the show. That's why like we try as hard as we can to find an after party to go to. And there's, you know, it's, it's not just a wrestling show. It's like a whole, you know, it's a whole night out. Yeah. It's more of an experience. Right. Yeah. One of the things that, that I've noticed in, in, I'm not shy about talking to people at shows. I'm I'm pretty outgoing when it comes to that kind of stuff. Uh, you get, I think, equally as. I feel like we get a lot of new new folks. Man, you know, maybe it's it's just me. Maybe I'm just not as quick as talking to, to and talking to people as. So it's kind of nice that you go through the, um, you go through the trouble of trying to put something together like that. That's and uh, you know I know the after party thing can be kind of a pain in the butt sometimes to to get organized but you want to put together that show for somebody and then that experience afterwards. But at the same time, those of us that are going to be there, yeah, you know, pretty much regardless, I'm going to buy the ticket without a, uh, and without a card announced. And I think, you know, that's what it's all about is if you build that community and that base, you know, and, and you show them, uh, if, if you show somebody a good time, like they're going to, they're going to be there for it as, as often as they can. And, like you said, you know, we get a new, we get a lot of new people. I feel that we get people that were probably like you initially is like, they, they come to one, they miss three, they come to another one, Yeah. but it's all about just building that kind of goodwill with people to where maybe you're not going to get them for, you know, 15 or 20 or however many shows we do a year. But, you know, if you get that group for seven shows a year and you get that group for four shows a year, you know, it's, it, it all builds up. It's all, you know, it's, it, it's independent wrestling is not a success in a night. It's just kind of all about, uh, it's, it's the long game. And I don't really know what the end game is, but it's, it's a long game. I'll tell you that. Uh, we might have to talk about you saying 15 to 20 shows a year that you just said. So Wait, 15 to 20, I can't handle. Let's, that's let's that's where that's we're at this year. 15 to 20. We're 2019, we're on, uh, uh, we're on pace for that. I, I don't know. I don't know what we, what we've done, but we, it's, it's, you know, it's definitely close to 15 to 20 typically throughout the year. If you, yeah. if you really, if you really looked, you know, Steve guy, maybe you could look at our what 20 this week. Yeah. Tw- this no, yeah. like if you look at our, look at our 2018 and 2017, I mean, it's, it's certainly more than 12. You know, uh, it's under twenty. Yeah, but you know, like that's just kind of a range. But you know, yeah, I think there's been. I looked, and since I started coming in two thousand six, I think there's been forty three or forty four shows. Yeah, so that's what about a three less than a three year span. You figure we that's... typically run at least once a month, but we try to take like a January off. But then uh, sometimes we th- then throw we two in a month. You yeah, know? and because we'll do, you know, we were doing shows out in Menor, and so it, it definitely. It adds up, and I do think that there are like there are multiple groups of fans. There are the folks who are going to come no matter what, and like John was saying, you have 
all sorts of different groups of people who are who do that. They're like, they'll come every third or fourth show or whatever, but there are large groups of those kinds of people. So it works out. And it's like, we know that everyone's not going to come to like the Winchester shows, you know, but like, we hope that everyone comes to, you know, what the, the main, main shows are. And, uh, you know, if, if we can get, uh, you know, if, if we can add these smaller shows and they're profitable and I, I don't want to put, too much of a burden on the fan uh and that's why i've been so kind of nervous about the schedule that we put together for the first half of the year but like i've said before it was just opportunities that we couldn't pass up but like i like i'm a very big proponent on like you can't have that big of an expectation of the wrestling fan because you know i know what it's like to you know want to go out and spend my entertainment dollar and i'm sure you know, other people, you know, it, AIW isn't the only thing that they're going to go and support. You know, they want to go to a concert. They want to go to a movie. They want to go see, you know, a comedy or, or, or whatever else. So uh, I don't like putting that much of a burden on the wrestling fan. Uh, and, you know, it shouldn't be like it, it shouldn't be that much of a, a commitment for them to follow everything. However, you know, like when we're offered, you know, a a deal at a brewery uh you can't even though it's a week after a show like you you just can't you can't say no to that opportunity um and you know same thing with the winchester you know they're uh, they're gonna give us you know a a space to do an event uh on a thursday night that is very low risk like we 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 gotta we gotta roll the dice because like i said it's it's a long game so if you know if we could make you know a couple hundred bucks profit on that and then you know, that's taking burden off the big show, you know, with, you know, right. Pentagon Jr. coming up or the Francine and Shane Douglas show coming up, you know. So it just it, it's uh, like independent wrestling is like really a dollar and cents game. Uh, and, you know, that's just kind of uh, that's just kind of the, the thought process behind it. But I really try not to do that many. And I, I don't think we'll hit 20. I But, you know, we're. we're close this year yeah we're like at 10 probably and, and you have to realize i think people forget jaylet weekend is That's three is three shows wrapped into one so 2017 2018 we came in at 16 shows both years yeah, so I mean, so but again, Jay, let's you know that's that's three shows one weekend. Yeah, and I'm kind of tongue in cheek on the whole thing too. Uh, one of the positive positive things that you guys at least have going for you too is with the the podcast being on every week, uh, the transparency's always there. I mean, you could hey, this is the situation. This is why we're doing this. Not that you owe anybody an explanation for how you're running your shows or or when you're running your shows or whatever, but the fact that you can just come right out and say. We got great opportunities. We're going to grow the brand, you know, if you will. These are places that we can go. You know, hopefully we won't make anybody mad, yada, yada. Uh, you know, that's that's always a pot. I, I mean, transparency is so, like I'm just bad at like bullshitting people, like because I know what it's like for somebody to try to bullshit me and like being in wrestling. And it's like you just run into it so much. And it's just like I don't understand how people can exist and be that fake you know, and just like look you in the eyes and like believe everything that they are saying. And you just know, it's just like 100% bullshit. Like I just like, I, I don't know. I, I can't be like that. And I feel that this podcast kind of gives me an outlet to just 
also like not not only be transparent, but it's just like get all of this shit out of my brain, honestly. Also, the more Tito's waters consumed, the more transparent John Thorne becomes. I get too, a little too transparent sometimes. <laughs> That'll happen. That'll definitely happen. Um, I guess kind of moving on, we yeah we're on that for for a while, which is which is good. I I enjoy it. If you know, I apologize if if the downloads no. are going down as we speak. Hey man, you paid for this. It's all right. You have, and like I said, I've only had three years. There's a lot of people that, that have a lot more than me. But as far as uh, booking guys are concerned, you're all over the place. You know, one, one, one week we got a Billy Kidman. You know, one week we got an L.A. Park. You know, you got a, you got a PCO. Um, my wheelhouse is when I was young, you know, almost that cartoon era, you know, where it's, uh, Hulk Hogan. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'd message you when you had Lanny Poffo that I was, you know, excited about Lanny, who gets excited about Lanny Poffo. I get excited about Lanny Poffo. Um, and then recently Harley race, which is, you know, you guys have said one of the biggest, you know, at least one of the biggest, longest lines we've seen. How do you tow that line? Is this just guys that you're like, Every once in a while, is it just you know I'm just booking this guy for myself. I just uh, I just really want to meet I mean, such and such. That definitely happens. I mean, for us as a group, because as far as the generations are concerned, somebody that appeals to me at 40 years old might not you know 23 year old you know. And that's you know, and that's that is what I have difficulty with. Um, and you know, it's like it's just kind of like the evolution of growing up, I guess. Uh, you know, when, when I first got involved with wrestling, it was like, uh, everything sucked, but ECW, I didn't care, you know, or, uh, and then, you know, you get, you, you get older and you start to appreciate different things and you start watching things. Like I was like a ECW WWF guy, never ever watched WCW. I thought it was like cheating on the WWF if I watched WCW as a kid, uh, but now, you know, you, you kind of grow back you go back and you watch things and you appreciate things and you like things. Um, and a lot of it very much is, is, uh, you know, catering to myself and betting on myself and my taste and what I think, uh, is interesting. Like, uh, the Harley race story is, uh, I was on a show with Harley race in 2003 for Cleveland all pro. I wrestled on the show in 2003 and like, I had really no like i knew who harley race is but i had no appreciation for who harley race was uh at that time you know 19 years old uh all i cared about was ecw and wwf guys and like i knew harley race was a legend but i didn't know what his accomplishments were fast forward now you know 2019 i've watched all sorts of you know things now especially with the advent of the wwe network uh and uh you know, it's like you start thinking like, you know, I got a picture with Harley Race in 2003, but I have no fucking idea whatever happened to it. You know, so it's like, well, I don't know how much longer Harley Race is going to be around. So let's give it a shot and hope people care. And it's like, like you said, like maybe that doesn't maybe people that are 23 are kind of have that same mindset I had at 19. But, you you know, you just kind of got to kind of go for it and see what happens and hope that maybe you don't have to rely on the 23 year old hope that you know when when you throw that harley race advertisement out to the world you're gonna get a guy that's never come to aw before and uh the whole idea with the meet and greets is okay like let's see 
if this guy can get new people through the door and you got to you got to assume that they're going to stay for at least the first half of the show. Let's see if it's like an infomercial. Okay, like let's see if we can sell them on AIW based on Harley Race brought them in. Okay, now let's see if we can retain some new fans off of that. And that's kind of the whole idea with the meet and greets. Uh like a Lapar- uh, like an LA Park, like that was, you know, half WCW, right? But half He's one of the hottest guys going right now. Uh, and it's nothing that, you know, I watch or I've seen, but I will pay attention. Like, okay, like he is everywhere right now, you know, let's, you know, and he's drawing. And so, so let's bring him in. Like what I have trouble with is, you know, there are guys that are extremely talented on an independent level uh, that, are charging a lot of money and it's like you know i don't know if i really want to have a great match that bad as much as i want to maybe have a conversation with harley race yeah <laughs> and uh you know maybe that's selfish uh but you know like you have to look you you have to look at it it's like is harley race going to bring in more people or is x indie guy that is has a cool gif on twitter gonna sell more tickets and it's like it's definitely a mental struggle because like i said you know at times you are chasing that hype and you want to remain relevant as far as uh presenting a a certain tier of a product but at the same time like from an economic standpoint like who is going to generate more money for you like a guy like harley race where we can book him and pay him and then you know we're gonna get more ticket sales newer ticket sales we're gonna build our brand and we're gonna retain his meet and greet uh you know it's it's kind of uh you know it's definitely a struggle and it is a line that is is hard for me to toe at times uh and it's there's no rhyme or reason to it you know i'll just you know one day like i'll just wake up and i'll say hey um, I'm going to try to track down Savio Vega today. And, uh, <laughs> there's no, like, it just, yeah. you know, it just depends. Like, I don't know, like maybe it's like, I, I don't know if it's a, a gift or a curse to be perfectly honest with you, because like, you know, some, uh, like, I'll just get this idea in my head and like, that's it. You know, like I'm, I'm zeroed in on that idea, uh, for better or worse. Like, I'll give you a, a perfect example of this. Uh, Pat Tanaka was like on the WrestleMania card and <laughs> I got talked out of it by so many people uh, just saying like, that's not the right spot. That's not the right place. Like that's not the right place. And like, I was like dead set on like doing this angle with Pat Tanaka for the WrestleMania show where like Tim Dance was like, I want to match with Tanaka you know, cause, and everyone's going to think it was Masato Tanaka and it was going to be fucking Pat Tanaka. And, uh, I presented this to a few people and they almost all told me that is a bad idea to do on that platform. I would have told you it was a great idea. I know. I would have told And you. I should have fucking did it. It's a, uh, you know, when you talk about the economics of it too, that's part of it to compare like why we have some of these guys as opposed to like who's got all these gifts going crazy and maybe a top indie talent because 
like John said, you gotta look at it like, okay, we're gonna make all this money off of a meet and greet and merch that we're getting from Harley Race or somebody that we're bringing in, plus new ticket sales or whatever. And then if you bring in somebody who's like a top name out there today and they want a large sum of money, you have to look at it then as like, well, what do we have left for the rest of the card then after that? So, and it's also like, it can hurt that sometimes. And and it's also like with how the wrestling is changing, like it's, are you finding everything's just going through the roof? Just with pricing and yeah, yeah, like yeah. fees and uh, also, you know, we used to be like one of the only independent companies that ran Friday nights. So that's why we ran Friday nights because there are more people available. Now you got companies running Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know. So it's like, uh, and there's so few of these guys available, and there's so many new companies it seems that have popped up in the last two years, and you know. I don't know if they have money backers or what, but they're booking these super cards. So it's like, it's, it's hard for you to, as a promoter or a booker or whatever to go, all right, I'm going to bring this guy in and I'm going to try to make sense of, you know, this guy's bookings. Cause I do not all, it doesn't happen all the time, but I do at least try to have some form of sense happening throughout the AIW year as far as a booking standpoint. Like, obviously, it doesn't always work out. Obviously, there are just sometimes matches that are matches for no reason. But it's like, it's hard for you to be like, yep, I'm going I'm going with this guy. But, you know, now he is booked up, uh, you know, for the next seven shows. So what do you do? You know what I mean? So it, it's it, it's a struggle. Like, you know, you, you, have, to, you have to build a base because – you know, you have to have a you have to have a card. You can't just have a meet and greet. You can't just have uh, you know a three match show. Uh, and some people say we do too many matches, but it's like you have to you have to put these guys out there so they're established. So when you know, like it's like next man up, so so to speak. You know, you you got to have them ready to be the next man up. Yeah, somebody gets signed, and then you got you got something else. Um, you know, one of the things that that I really enjoy about the organization. I, and I've been to other independent shows and I'll, I'll admit, I don't go to very much outside of AIW and, and UXWA, um, AIW NXT as as we like to call it around the, around the office. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but shout um, out the razor. Yeah. Shout out to razor. But the, uh, the fact that there's always something ongoing, like, uh, with a story, and a lot of times when you do bring guys in, it makes sense. Like uh, case in point, we you know we just saw Kevin Thorne, that uh, is a guy that you probably wouldn't usually bring in, you know, right. just to, as whatever. But he played a part. You know, he was in to be you know Bishop's guy with Dominic, so stuff like that. That um, I don't know if everybody notices or if everybody cares about uh, that venue served alcohol, so maybe a lot of people didn't care too much about it. But the fact that it it made sense. Um, and I, I try hard to make it make sense. And like I said, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Or sometimes, you know, uh, there's a guy that's coming in and he says he won't job. So you got to put like yeah. the best match on paper out there, but you got to put it out there with a guy that it doesn't matter if it wins or loses. Like, okay, like uh, LaParca is not going to lose, but Nick Gage is indestructible he's teflon so like he could lose every time and it doesn't matter you know what i mean and like it looks good on paper and nobody probably even remembers the nick cage lost that match uh so 
there's a lot of that that goes into like it's it's a lot of moving pieces. So it's like okay, I'm I'm gonna do this match. I'm gonna do this match. Like oh, like I can't lose. Okay, so like obviously like uh, we would have wanted like La Park in the main event, you know, but like we can't put the belt on him you know so it's like uh you know what are you gonna do? what are you gonna do now you know it's uh, so it's it's like a constant like puzzle that's it needs to be put together and it's like i'll i'll write these cards out and where they start and where they finish are usually drastically different but i'm a guy that needs like a blueprint print on paper i need like something to look at and then I can like, you know, fucking move it, move it around, and move this here, and move that there, and like, okay, now now we have a show. But uh, it's it, it's tough. That's it, your next uh, Patreon. You <laughs> start with your absolution card six months out. Oh god! And then every <laughs> I, I don't two hundred and sixty three. Don't, don't want to pull later. the curtain back that much. We don't, <laughs> we don't even have a venue for absolution. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't we? Don't we go in there? We got one. It's. It's in the books. Don't don't you worry nothing about that. The Mania show was great. I was there. Yeah, we need the yeah. we, we need a venue. How real is stuff like that? When you hear that people, I like to listen to Pritchard every once in a while because you know it gets. Guy was there when I when I was younger. When we're talking about don't having a venue. No, no, no. Oh, oh <laughs> we're like, we're not talking about a venue because oh, we have okay. a venue, so don't I was worry like, about I was it. I was like, that's very real, don't, dude. Yeah. Steve, <laughs> Steve, guy, who let you back in? Yeah. When we have, I'm just a participant in this episode. When we like when we have conversations about that on the show about. Worrying about a venue, that's very real. Yes, that's real. <laughs> How real is stuff like guys coming in and saying, I'm not losing tonight. I'm not, because you know, we all, I know nothing. I, I know nothing of the business. I don't want to know anything of the business. I don't want to be a part of the business. I have no desire to ever do anything ever except watch and occasionally marvel at your pain and misery that is on your face sometimes at after parties. But usually a couple of Tito's and that goes away pretty fast. How real is it when guys come in, you know, and say, well, I'm not losing. I'm not wrestling that guy. I'm not doing that. It, it, I mean, it happens. It doesn't happen as often as you would think, but uh, it does happen uh, on, a, on occasion. And it's uh, some, you know, most of the time it is presented in, in advance um, to where it's not, you know, it's not a surprise and. You know, wrestling, like, it, also the other thing about being an independent wrestling promoter is, is like, it's about picking battles, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, um, is it worth really arguing with this guy about winning or losing versus, uh, you know, the attraction of the match or, or whatever? And uh, I would I would say 99% of the time, nobody cares who's winning or losing or even knows who's winning or losing until, you know, they get there that day. Like it's not an issue. Uh, the only time it's really ever an issue is if you're, you know, bringing somebody in like a good example is, you know, Glacier, like never in a million years did I think that Glacier would have refused to lose. Uh, he was the, that was so awkward. He was the cool, he was the coolest dude. Ever. We had such a great day hanging out with him. He was the best dude ever. And then, you know, he looked at that sheet and he was like, oh, I didn't know I was losing. It's like, dude, you're Glacier. <laughs> like, what? You're going against one of our champs. And, uh, 
you know, so that just turns into like a that, you know, so like that was one of the times where it was like, really, like are you are you serious? And it's just like, uh, especially to Joey Janela, the guy that put you on Spring Break and like brought all this publicity to you. Yeah, the guy resurrected your career. Uh, I was like, okay, okay, man, like, <laughs> and like. You know, we just figured it out on the fly, you know, but uh, nobody, nobody remembers that match goes to a no finish. You know, the only people that remember are the people that are like reviewers that are like looking for shit to not like anyway, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it definitely it definitely does happen. It does not happen that often, though. Uh, and you know, it's it's annoying, but you know it's like uh, another thing it's like like i said you got to pick your battles it's like uh, do they really give a fuck who i am like no you know what i mean i'm just a guy for a day there's you know 300 other fucking days that they're gonna deal with somebody else throughout the year you know i'm just the guy for that day and it doesn't it doesn't matter to them uh you know some people do care and like you know like like a guy like Little Guido, like he does not give a shit what the fuck he does, and that's why he, that's why Little Guido gets more AIW money than, some you know some guy that comes in for one big payday. Yeah, uh, you know we're so fortunate to have a guy like him because he's a guy who comes in, and his biggest concern in the match is that he can go so well enough to make that other person look like a million bucks. His biggest concern is. Making him, his opponent look incredible. And, you know, there are plenty of guys like that, too, you know? And it's yeah. just like, uh, there are guys that think like, okay, or, or like a guy like Swaggle. It's like, he knew, like, first, you know, we're his first booking after getting fired. And it's like, he went, okay, I can ask for this much, but I'm going to ask for this much because this much is going to equal so much more than this one lump sum. And then you never get brought back. So, yeah, uh, like this turned into a whole different business thing. But, uh, yeah, you know, it definitely it, it you know, the, the losing thing happens sometimes. Sometimes, you know, it, it most of the time people don't care or like sometimes people are like, well, what if we did it like this? You know, and like they'll try to sell you on something different. But, uh, yeah, it, it's all about picking your battle. Sometimes it's like you got to lose. Sometimes it's like, ah, you know, they don't give a shit. So it's like, what's going to make it easier on everybody to get out of here. And like, there are some promoters that want to be argumentative and like, uh, you know, flex on these guys. And it's like, who fucking, they don't give a shit, you know, like they, they do not care about AIW or fucking any other W in the fucking world. Like they just want to get their money and go home. Get out of town. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't know where you're at on on time, Steve Guy. Because I, uh, I mean, job, dude. you know, we could we could probably do one more. We're we're getting close. We're getting I got, close. I got nothing. I I don't want to hang Steve Dry Steve Guy Steve Dry Guy. I don't want to hang Steve Guy out to dry on this. But um, I like you as a ring announcer, Steve Guy. Yeah, I've never seen you as a stand up comedian, so I'm looking forward to that one of those oh, days. Okay. What are the things when you are in there in that ring? Uh huh. That people do that you wish people would not do to you. Uh, like fans, fans. I'm not talking Eddie Kingston. You know, with a little, 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 yeah, yeah. People in the ring, like what did fans do? Yeah, fans. People, you 
say the following contest is scheduled for one fall and everybody Oh, you want to know if fall. I hate one fall? What are your what are your pet peeves? Now, I cannot guarantee that this means that they're not going to happen more. I don't mind the one fall thing. I I think it's dumb, you know, but it is dumb, Steve. It doesn't bother, you know what I mean? Like I'm a pretty laid back dude. There's not a lot that bothers me. Like I don't get it and I'm like, "All right, whatever." But it's fine, and I think that I could change the cadence in which I say it so that people don't do it, which sometimes I do, uh, and it messes with people, and then I kind of get like a little internal chuckle, like, oh, you guys going to do it there, huh, you little fuckers? But, uh, but I, I mean, there's not a lot. I Dumb questions, I think, bother me, you know? Like, yeah. hey, Steve Guy, well, what about this or whatever? I'm like, what? What kind of stupid question? I will. I will. I will tell you one Pretending thing. That bo- one thing rail? that bothers me. Yeah, to please is uh, when Steve guy when they get Steve guy on the hook, and uh, and then Steve Steve guy's on the hook, and he's having a back and forth with the crowd. Now it's, now it's and a conversation. I'm, I'm yes. just back there going, let's get the fucking show on the road. Like, come on. Like, let's let's go. Like. Then it's like a what like a I, let's let's it's the crowd trying to and Steve guy like three guys and Steve guy trying to one up each other and like the next match is ready to go and uh, it's just like so it, this is what and this is probably pre earpiece because now that we have an earpiece I would oh, yeah. be saying you can yell at him come on like yeah, let's go this is this is what this is where stand up helps me and comes into play because and that's the difference between being right there in the ring. And Thorne being in the back, because sometimes, and he'll test to it, like there's times where he can't see everything that's happening out there. Mm-hmm. And I've got a student who's coming around and cleaning shit oh, up. Yeah. Or paper. a referee came out and said, hey, can you stall for just like 30 seconds because we got to do whatever. I don't try to engage with the fans whatsoever. So the times where I do that is just because I know I have to kill 30 seconds still another like thing that drives me nuts is the slowness of the students when it's to clean something up oh. or to yeah that is like okay that's what hours for me yeah when we're there. when we're clearing the ring i will tell you this does bother me with the fans when we're clearing the ring and because th- the same people who bitch about how long shows can go are the same people when they're throwing fucking toilet paper rolls at Dr. Dan and then we kick them out and we clear them out of the ring. Throw them back. They pick them back up and they throw them again. Or they save it for another match and they're throwing them again. And I'm like, you sons of bitches, you're the ones who are sitting here being like, this show's pretty long. Can we get it going? Yeah, we could get it going if you wouldn't throw these goddamn paper towel or toilet paper rolls 17 times into the ring. You know what I mean? Like, plus those students have to know that when Doctor Dan comes out, there's going to be toilet. They need the to be. students are like they've un- been so much better about. It. I think that's an earpiece thing again. Like, they're just unprepared though. Like they are just uh, like at the seven year itch show, which when we like we'll talk about it when we review it. But like when the turnbuckle comes off and it takes what feels like a day and a half yeah. for them to zip tie yeah. the turnbuckle <laughs> back on, I was fucking losing my mind uh, because. You know, I'm like, fuck, we got to try to keep the show tight. I'm trying to get ready for the mania times. Right. And, like, it would just all went out the fucking window with that. And I was just like, oh, my God, I hate this show. Yeah, especially but, with that mania. You're, as with the eye pay-per-view and everything, you're under yeah, the strictest of deadlines. The cleanup, definitely, the cleanup definitely bothers me. And that's not a fan 
thing for oh, that. No. That's like Thorne's thing with the students. The earpieces have helped that because I can sit there and I can get on my little thing. I'm like, yo, I need X amount of people. As soon as this match is done, I need them out here so we can clear this off and we can go. And then that message gets relayed to the bank and, and somebody's out there and we're doing it or whatever. So that's helped that to an extent. So what you're saying is the fan part of that is have a brain. Throw the toilet paper one time and be done with it. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me, Steve? Yeah. And it it amazes me how many people are like, as I'm clearing it out, or even when Dr. Dan does try to milk it, though, for it to happen again. Well, yeah. Yeah, that bothers me. Like, but even with streamers, now we're just happens. getting into a whole. This is going to turn into with a whole. With streamers, other it even happens because, like, then I'm like outside the ring and I'm I'm kicking streamers and stuff under the ring, and I intentionally try to get everything under the ring as much as possible because I know fans are going to try to throw it back. And then what kills me is like the few people will be sitting front row, like Steve Guy, Steve Guy, let me get that, let me get that. And I'm like, no, because I know. Look, I have five nephews and nieces. I know how this game ends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's it's bad that I had to like compare that to a small child, but that's exactly that's, what it is. <laughs> we are small children, Steve Guy. And I it's need fair. that toilet paper at my house, Steve Guy. So <laughs> there now I do love that there have been There's fans. Mul- there's multiple wrestlers that just wait for Dr. Dan to be booked on a show. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. yeah, Horde. Yeah, yeah Horde toilet paper. There they, are fans who do it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's disturbing. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's kind of fun at the same there, time. There are certain people every once in a while who are like, see, can you kick a few of those over here? I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, dude. You're going to see those industrial rolls hitting the ring pretty quick. <laughs> we get some people with those. The that happens. Of, <laughs> but I guess, uh, I guess we'll wrap up your uh, first Patreon. Uh, ex- what, what is this? What, what are we going to call this? A, a p- Patreon perk podcast? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Does, he get a, does he get a couple? Is he, here the whole, is he doing the whole uh, session? I'm, yeah, we own we own a few. Wow, man, that's great. You're sitting. You know where you're sitting right now, on uh, Swaggle's bed. Yeah. Well, yeah, one of his beds. The other one's a, a gym mat, and that's. But now that Eddie Kingston has his own actual bed in this home, they don't have to share the couch. So. I don't know if I'm excited or disturbed. Yeah, it's fine. A lot of people slept on there. Yeah, <laughs> I know there was quite a dip in the couch right here, so let me be. It's a well, couch. Well, well, thanks, is. thanks, Rick. This was fun. Uh, this was good. I liked it. You can you can sign us off. I enjoy cool. your honesty, Steve Guy. Thank you very much for that, John. <laughs> it's a pleasure as always. Uh, you know what? You can just sign it off, Steve. No, no, no. This is your. You are the moderator uh, of perks. Moderator of perks. <laughs> well, for John Thorne and Steve Guy, I am Rick Nelson. Saying, see you later. See you later. <laughs>